Aloha, folks. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 116. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at TandawaiUSA. On this episode, we make a field trip to Phoenix, Arizona to crawl their speakeasy bar scene. So a couple weekends ago, Boris Hamilton and I drove out to Phoenix, Arizona to crawl some of their craft cocktail and speakeasy bars. We were joined by our friends Ross the Tiki Boss Aliati, Odd Rodney McClellan, and Southern California transplant Brian Schaub to tackle seven bars in the span of one night. We recorded this episode on the road trip out leading up to the crawl, followed by a recap of each spot we visited. Find out which bar we like best and hear about some of the odd things that happened along the way. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media pages are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to DesertOasisRoom.com to pick up some merch or make a donation. Every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, here we go, starting from the car in the middle of the desert on the way out to Phoenix. Join us as we make our way into the Phoenix speakeasy bar scene. this Blythe Tropics because I don't know anything about that. Yeah, there was supposedly there was five of them. Is it uh, Ken Kimes yeah. Motel? It was the was whole, motel? It was the motel. It was the whole Tropics thing. Um, there's one in San Gabriel that like no one's ever seen a picture of. No one has an address for but it was on the back of the postcard so it was like no one knows if that one happened or not. That one would be cool to find out about. Um, I even went to like a library in San Gabriel to try to find like an old phone book and they didn't have but the one I went to, so I gave ah. But so yeah, there's the Modesto, okay, the Indio, okay, Palm Springs, and Blythe. Uh didn't know about the one in Indio. Oh yeah, I've been to the one in Indio. Is there tiki's there? There's a tiki, there's what's left of a tiki there, yeah. And you know, they're taking he's covered now, like he's in there like Porcashare or whatever. Uh, he's just ahead now at this point. Modesto's still there. Modesto's still there. And Blythe They all kind of look the same, right? Yeah, they all kind of... Yeah, sort of. I mean, Indio's pretty, like, a, a pretty small version Well, what of, I mean is, like, the Modesto one looks a lot like the Palm Springs one. It does look one. a lot like the Palm Springs one. San Gabriel, I'm surprised that there's no postcard that has the address. Yeah. Or if you Googled it, that you wouldn't find right. something it's, about it. It's irritating. Yeah, see, like, look at all this civilization. Yeah, that, could, that could probably be it there. Was oh, that it? Could be. Have you tried looking for it before? Not out here, no. But we'll we'll do some research overnight and come back and take a look. All right. Yeah, well, we've got to be uh, close to the state line, but I haven't seen any signs 
No, all the signs we see don't tell us anything. No, they've just all it's been saying is uh, is the next couple of towns, but see needles. That's California, though, right? Yeah, but isn't that a, a state line? A state line town. Town. It doesn't sound like a very comfortable place. <laughs> What'd you do last night? I slept at Needles. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. Well, you know, like when you when you look at some names of cities, right. you wonder, like, okay, was this named after somebody, right? So, right. Uh, Irvine is named after John Irvine, right? And Needles, they probably just looked around and saw all the cactus and said. How about needles? Uh, <laughs> right? Yep. Now someone's going to be like, actually, it was pine needles. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, Rodeo Drive. Uh-huh. It was always Rodeo Drive. Oh, yeah. It was a ranch out there. Yeah, and it was like, Rodeo Drive. Yeah, no. And then after the all of the rich people started moving in, they just changed the pronunciation. Yeah, well, L.A. was like a huge horse community. And, and, and it was a lot of like, you know, like cowboy types. And just that very relaxed. Yeah. Like if you consider like Southern California was all farms, you know, pretty much. And the yeah. valley was all farming. And, you know, it, yeah, Hollywood and Beverly Hills were... Horses were like normal thing. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. It was the turn of the century also. It's like, of course horses were normal things. Well, what I find interesting is that when you look at street names and city names and all that kind of stuff, if you look at the origins for some of it, it's, it is really interesting to me because, right. you know, like Sepulveda Boulevard, I I joke around and I pronounce it Sepulveda. Right. And someone said, well, yeah, that's closer to the correct pronunciation because it was named after the Sepulveda Indians. Uh, I didn't know that. You know, it was a tomato-tomato thing. I always thought it was funny. Right. And if you look at, you know, you go to New Orleans Canal, Canal Street was, I guess that's where the canal was, right? Right. So, uh, what's this? Is this a border thing? What, agriculture thing? Taco Bell? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when all the Taco Bell buildings were like that? I do. You could hit it with a rock. Parker. And it would dig. See, I know that Parker is a border town, so... We are, we've got to be at the border. So that's one of the things I actually miss about Los Angeles and Southern California. Look at that. So I guess we're near the Parker Dam then. Well, I thought the Parker Dam is off of the 40. Okay. Which is um, north of us. So if you were to take the 15 freeway north and then take the 40 from Barstow east... You'll hit the Parker Dam. Okay. Well, yeah. is it the same Parker? And here we are at the Arizona border. Okay. Uh, maybe. All right. Okay, so we're just about ready to lose an hour? Uh, we just lost an hour, okay. so. Okay. Thanks, Arizona. Yeah. There you go. And Ross is texting me. Let's see what he says. I know so far we don't have any um, compelling He says, content. I heard you're in town. You guys on your way? <laughs> All right. I should say, um, oh, dude, thanks for the text. We're going to be leaving in about 20 minutes. Uh, All right. Let me uh, let me let me uh, do a text here. 
leaving in about 20 minutes. See how he replies to that. <laughs> oh, is that a jump? <laughs> <laughs> is that the jump from vacation? Yeah, from vacation. What was it, 60 feet, 40 feet? <laughs> um, okay, so that's one of the things I miss about, you know, like growing up in Southern California, Huntington Beach, and then um, at grandparents in Gardena and in Simi Valley and stuff like that. So I miss like on certain days, like the smell of tumbleweeds that you could get growing up there and like the smell of horses in certain parts. I kind of, that was just kind of cool. That was like, okay, this will, yeah, sounds stupid, but California is the West. Yes. And it smells like the West. The West. Like the cool version of the West. Like, I was driving down um, Virgil on the way to Tiki Tea a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And there was a chicken, like, on the sidewalk hanging out. Yeah. And that, like, made me super happy. It's like, cool, good. At least well, there's some, uh, Yeah, you know, you know what, uh, what you're thinking about is that L.A. has become a concrete yeah. jungle, so to speak. You know, I remember when I used to go surfing in Huntington Beach and PCH was just littered with these oil rigs. Right. Pumping oil. There was nothing there but these oil rigs. And Brea was the same way. So between Brea and Chino or Chino Hills today, if you went down Carbon Canyon, it was all oil rigs. Right. And there's all homes there now. Yep. You know? And yeah, you, you, you lose some of that, you know, like when... when what is it suburban sprawl makes its way out right all the characteristics kind of go away and then each town looks just like the next yeah you know i mean it, it it used to be kind of cool to be able to turn into one neighborhood and like oh there's goats in that yard or right you know whatever the occasional chicken sound right now right. if you want something you gotta like lake elsinore where they have llamas or ostriches or something or up near Santa Barbara, those types of places. But I, I, I liked it better when it was like, you know, oh, this guy has some geese on his property. That's cool. Well, then you should come out to Eastvale. <laughs> There's a local swap meet where you can buy a goat or an alpaca. Uh -huh. I'm not kidding you. I'm sure. Yeah, alpacas are like 60 bucks or something. Well, yeah, they were the, super cheap. Whole... And I thought, what are you going to do with an alpaca? Seriously. No, think... What do they use alpacas for? Do they make... Do they use the, the fur for jackets? I think they use the wool for stuff, but I, I think people that just have them, I think they like, I think they have like goatish tendencies. So like they'll probably, you know, weed your backyard for you. And I think they're friendly with goats. Like they chill together. Okay. So it's, it's just cool to have an So you can have like a little farm family? Yeah. Like that was, there was an episode of the Brady Bunch. See, it all comes back together because we just mentioned uh, vacation. And yeah. Imogene Coca, who played the aunt that died in vacation. Oh, was she on Brady Bunch? She she was on the Brady Bunch episode where Jan found a picture of her great aunt. She was the great aunt? She was the great aunt. Ah. And she's like, okay, this lady's a little unusual looking. I don't know if I want to grow up to look like her because the picture like looked exactly like her. And then she found out like she was totally interesting and cool. I vaguely remember that episode. And so there was a line where someone goes, you know, your your house is on the phone or whatever. Uh, someone just dropped off a llama. Yeah. What do you want to do with it? And she goes, oh, put it in the backyard. You can play with the zebra. 
I was like, oh, that lady's cool. She's got a zebra and a llama in her backyard. What a cool lady. She probably has, like, you know, Exotica records. Right. Well, back then, they, they had to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a fictional character, but I was like, she's cool. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, Jan wanted to be that aunt. She's yeah. like, I don't care. I, I want to be her. I remember that episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. And, um... But it just wasn't the more one of the more uh, replayed episodes. Like the the ones that I remember the most is Greg smoking, right? Marsha breaking her nose, get she got hit by a football, right? Joe Namath, right? Joe Namath, Joe Namath episode. Um, the boys versus girls driving episode. That was a good one. Um, the one when they were at that music was intense. The intense, yeah. <laughs> the one when they were at. Um, the amusement park and they had to get right. the plans across the amusement park right six flags over ohio or whatever something like that um yeah. over columbus or something the ghost episode where they oh is that the flying saucer in the back well it's the flying no, no, no. Is different so they made a ghost out of plastic and then they they run they, it down the stairway was it then, down the stairway and then alice like smashed yes. the, the the sculpture the sculpture of the, mike brady which looks like the lionel richie sculpture the li- <laughs> <laughs> it totally did <laughs> but i also like the one with the uh the red flashlight in the backyard they had like a screen that right they, you know so that it was right. like ufo and then they would blow a whistle yeah or a flute a flute like a yeah little... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good show. That was a great show. Now, did you know this? I don't remember where I got this stupid bit of trivia, because I but I love stupid trivia. Apparently, the house was supposed to be based in Brea. Oh, I although I mean, it was. We know that the house, the real house, is in North Hollywood. Yeah. But the story was supposed to be based in Brea. Right. I think it's Studio City, but yeah, I didn't know. Oh, it was, was it Studio to be, City? Yeah, I didn't know it was supposed to be based in Brea. Yeah. I, I don't know where I got that. I just thought it was Southern California. I thought, because it, it's fine for Southern California. I don't know where I got that little tidbit from. You know, because you know? they never go to the beach except for Hawaii. Right. And when, like, the... And, the, know, and Greg knew how to surf. Greg, yeah, because the one guy but is he like, never hey, you ever go, you were, you're not a surf? He's like, you know, I can surf a little or whatever. And then that was some But good, he was good enough to be in a surf contest. Good enough to be in the surf contest. And that was some good music, too. Yeah. Pretty intense, also. Well, didn't they play... Um, uh, Hawaii Five O ish kind of music. When yeah, he was, when he was wiping out. Was, yeah, yeah, and it was a ba ba ba. Mike's running out there right. to save him. You know, and the curly hairs on his chest match the curly hairs on his head. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's Mark saying? <laughs> Oh, sorry. What's Ross saying? <laughs> he says, uh, "Boss Ross." Okay, so Undertow will probably be our first stop. <laughs> What's your ETA? <laughs> All right, let me call him. I think we're like seventy minutes away. Uh, we're one hundred and forty miles. Oh, I thought it was like one hundred and thirty. Uh, well, okay. look, uh, seventy miles per hour times two. Cool. One hundred and forty. Oh, look at that rock out there. You know what that is? Black Rock? Chinaman's hat. Oh, it, it does look like Chinaman's hat. It looks like Chinaman's hat. It totally hat. does. Oh, we got to get a photo of that. Yep. Chinaman's hat. 
You know, people kayak out to Chinaman's Hat. Why not? Didn't, have you ever done that? No, I've never tried. I've never kayaked out to Chinaman's Hat. But but you've you've driven out to where you can see it across the. Oh ocean. yeah, and that's not far from where Magnum PI's house was. Oh really? Yeah, because I think you can see Chinaman's Hat from like his backyard, from his tidal pool. Oh really? I think. So what's the controversy with the new Magnum? I don't know. People I don't like that he doesn't have a mustache. People don't like that he's Hispanic. He's he's really cool. There are hashtags that say not my Magnum. That's fine. Um, those people can buy the DVDs and watch all the old Magnum they want. The new Magnum is cool. I like it. He's is the cool new guy. Magnum is the new Magnum driving a Ferrari. He's driving a Ferrari. Oh, he is. Everything about it is, you know, it's ba it's the same he's Thomas Magnum instead of X Naval intelligence officer, he's an ex-SEAL. Everybody on CBS is an ex-SEAL now. If Archie, Bun if all the family was on, Archie Bunker would be an ex-SEAL. Higgins is a woman now, but she's cute. She's British. She's cool. Rick and TC are the same sort of people, you know. Um, burly helicopter pilot and smaller, you know, nightclub owning friend. Um, Magnum is a little shorter than those guys, but he he's cool and he's like super likable. And this is this is gonna sound ridiculous, but he's a likable guy. So the shows have been fun so far. And did you ever see um, Bad Moms? No. Oh, okay. I don't even know Bad Moms. What is that? Is that a TV? It was a movie with Mila Kunis and. Um, Whatchamacallit, Christina Applegate's in it. She was like the bad guy. And oh. She was the villain. And then, okay. Um, Isn't there a scene Ver in Veronica that Veronica Mars, whatever. Is there a scene Kristen with the Bell. two of them in the car doing uh, some sexy stuff? Is that a different Christina Applegate movie? I think that's a different Christina Applegate movie. Anyway, this the Magnum guy was in that movie, and he was cool in that movie. So okay. I like it. It's, it's You know, if you, like, if you like seeing cool footage of Hawaii... And, you know, little stories that last an hour, it's fun to watch. You know, I love watching shows filmed in Hawaii. Believe it or not, I watched Baywatch Hawaii. Forget the campiness. The scenes were just beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like the sweeping shots of the, the islands. Yeah. Like, back then, there were no drones. They were doing these from helicopters and right. stuff, right? And it was just amazing. Well, and now, you know, there's a helicopter in the show. So you're going to see really cool shots. Yeah. And, um... You know, the cast is cool. Um, it's the same producer as Hawaii Five-0. And there's already some crossover of some characters. So there will be a big crossover eventually, which will be fun. Because I'm fine with the new Hawaii Five-0, too. I'm fine with the new Hawaii Five-0, uh, which is going to lead me to a question of asking what your thoughts are about remakes. Because there was a short run of Fantasy Island episodes right we talked about this before and you had part of it wrong I did what, what was wrong you said Roddy McDowell played the new oh okay who was it it was Malcolm McDowell Malcolm McDowell okay okay um, yeah so I was wrong about that I'd be you know what if they want to try that again let's do it because I like that show I love that show and I guess like there was in the first episode he opens his closet right the new Mr. Rourke 
Was yep. he still was he still named Mr. Rourke? I think so. Yeah, I, I think they just called him Rourke or Rourke. He opens this closet, and there was a white suit and a black suit, and he pulled the black suit out, and I guess like someone came into his quarters and said, "Boss, the plane is here. The plane, the plane," or something to that effect. And he said, "Okay, thank you." Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> I have to look it up because I could okay. be wrong about that too. But right. I know that there was specific references to the first Fantasy Island that they wanted to burn, right? Right. So, and I guess like, so, you know, if you read about Rourke or Mr. Rourke from the first one, he's supposed to be this enigmatic character that we, we think that he's somebody that's serving his time on Fantasy Island as right. his purgatory because there are times when he references having met up with villains in the past. Right. You know, which are old villains, hundreds of years. And yeah, sometimes like the King or, or whatever, yeah. right? And um, so they don't know if Rourke is his first name, his last name, or just his only name because sometimes he's referred to as Rourke or Mr. Right. Rourke and nobody really knows who he is. Like, does he have these powers bestowed on him because he's a fallen angel of some sort. Right. That's what they think he is, is a, yeah, a I, fallen I, angel. Right? We've talked about, you mentioned that before, and I like I got into it because I watched the Hervé Milish's thing on HBO. Okay. Like a biopic. It's pretty good. Um, and then I was like, I want to know more about this, you know, I want to know more about Fantasy Island than I just from Used watching it as a kid. Yeah. And the fallen angel concept is really cool. Well, I think it's a great concept, and the reason why I bring that up is because when they did a reboot, which I guess was what, in the 90s? I think it was like late night, like maybe 99. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is almost 20 years ago now. It, it, it is. It was 20 years it ago. It feels like it's seven. It's crazy. Yeah. So when you when you think about like that he was Ow. wearing a... I know, that looks bad. When you think <laughs> that he was wearing a black suit then it makes more sense that like, okay, maybe, he, yeah, he's a fallen angel. He's, right. And so there, there's that, again, that lingering question. Who is Rourke? What is Rourke? Right. Right. So I think it's, I'm getting most of this from the Wikipedia page, but there's a lot of stuff on there. There's a lot on the Wikipedia page. And I think it said like the average, like supposedly the cost of the trip was $40,000. Okay. I thought it was 50. Okay. Well, I could... But it was a big number. Yeah. yeah. For, for 1978, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it, you know, like mentions like, you know, sometimes Rourke would do it for free. For free, right. Yeah. Right. And I liked how he would cross two different people's fantasies into one story. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, when you meet the love of your life and then your fantasy's over and then you're getting on the, on the plane with her... Uh, that would be awesome, which yeah, I do. Because that was their fantasy, too. Yeah, every time I get on a plane, I actually do that. I actually pick the woman in the plane that if we go down, we're going to repopulate the Earth, me and her. Right. Uh, she has no say. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, she's thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know, civilization's going to die. You know, if we're stuck on a desert island, me and you, we're going to need some people to talk to. It's like the joke with the um, the two guys that are crossing the desert. One guy turns to take a pee, and while he's taking a pee, a rattlesnake jumps out of the bushes and bites his penis. He's like, "Oh my God, 
what do I do, what do I do? So his buddy runs to the nearest town to get help. And the doctor says, you gotta suck the venom out or he's gonna die. So he runs back to his friend, his friend said, what did the doctor say? And he says, doctor says you're gonna die. <laughs> I like that. I like how the doctor also didn't let him borrow his car. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke I, learned, I, I heard when I was like 12 years old. It was funnier when I was 12. So I'm that guy now. I'm the guy who doesn't like hit the, the hit the hit the air conditioner unless the windows stay steamed up because right. I'm like, well, how come the doctor doesn't just drive out there? Why does he got to run back? Right. How far out of town are they? Because you got to get to the punchline. Your legs right. can still work if your penis is filled with poison, right? right? And apparently, that is a um, misunderstanding that. Sucking the blood out, I get, or the venom out, doesn't always work. They said it, it's like most okay. of the time you're still gonna you're still gonna die unless you're treated for it immediately yes. at a at a medical center. Yeah. If some weird venomous frog bites me on this trip on my finger, you're sucking the <laughs> you're sucking the venom out, Adrian. Right, okay. I don't want to hear that. Doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. Never before. <laughs> If something happens like that to you, Boris, I'm just going to say, yeah, doctor says you're going to die. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to try calling Ross here. Oh, did you know that in Arizona we could we could drive and talk on our cell phones? No, I didn't know that. At the same time? Watch Ro out for Ro somebody's Russell tire. Yeah. You know, you could ride your bicycle on the freeway? Where's that guy going? <laughs> He's going right into a ticket, apparently. <laughs> That's not the first time I've seen a guy in the middle of the desert. I've seen that before, driving uh, to Vegas. In the middle of the desert, a guy on a bike. At least it's December. Well, he didn't answer. Who else would be calling right now? He just texted us like 10 minutes yeah. ago. Ross. So... Here's something I want to We should to call him Mark all weekend just for fun. Just for that. Um, I wanted to complain about this guy. And me and a friend at work were talking about this stuff. We were talking about different types of people we don't like. Okay. Now, let's say... Let's say, hey, you go, how was your lunch? You go, oh, I was all right. You go, what's up? They go, oh, I went to the, one of those places where it was like... You, you had to pay an extra quarter if you use the ATM if it was under 10 or if you use the debit machine if it was under 10 bucks right and and then they're like that's illegal <laughs> <laughs> like, okay it's just a drag to have to do it sometimes I understand because they have to pay so much to, be able to pay fees use yeah fees for the credit cards and if they're you know they're not buying my lunch for me right so I understand I don't mind I just pointed out well that's illegal they can't do that <laughs> like is it okay. illegal? I don't think I, it might be. There might be some sort of rules, but I don't mind. I don't mind. It's just a just an annoying little thing I get that it. I can mention. I'm not I'm not trying to shut the business down. <laughs> but these guys are like they they can't do as if they say they're going to accept that, then they have to accept it no matter what. And it's just like, all right, relax. That's hilarious. I'm not going to say that when I'm ordering my food, so they can you know disrespect my food. And I would like to come back again another day. Yeah. Maybe not the next day, but maybe twice in one week. 
Yeah. If I throw a fit about this, I'm not welcome back. So let's talk, let's stay on the restaurant topic because I have a question for you. You tell me how you feel about tipping at buffets. Um, it depends on the buffet. Like Sizzler, I'll tip because they bring me cheese toast uh-huh. and they bring me, you know, they bring me my food. They don't bring me my drink, but they'll refill my drink. They'll bring an extra plate or napkins or whatever you need. You know, if there's no like sauce on the table, they'll bring you sauce. So if they're involved in my experience, then I'll leave more. How about a, so like a hometown buffet or a golden corral? I'll still leave like two bucks because they got to bust the table. So what, 10%? I don't know what that is. Well, two bucks is 10% of $20. I think that would be Yeah, like so a, I'll give a 10%. Okay. Because they're not really, they're not. What about Korean barbecue? Well, if you've seen me at Korean barbecue, they're doing all the cooking. So, oh, really? Okay. You're not doing the cooking yourself? I start, but then they get all mad and start coming over and flipping everything. So ah. they end up cooking it, so I don't mind. <laughs> okay, so here's the here's the dilemma with Korean barbecue. Because some of the places, you order from a menu, they bring it out, but you cook it yourself. Right. Okay? Yeah. So you're doing all the cooking. Right. But they do bring the... The pickle, the meats, and all the appetizers, like right. the kimchi and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But then there are other Korean barbecue places where you get up and you walk over and you get your meat from a buffet style, uh, like a Mongolian counter, barbecue type place. Right? Yes. Like there's but one in Riverside that I like to cook go to. Yeah. Table. Yeah. You 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 grab a plate. You fill up all the different plates of whatever kind of meat you want to cook and all the raw veggies and all that that you want to cook. And then you cook it yourself at the table. Right. They will serve you a drink, refill your drinks. Um, That's about it. But there's still a tip line. Okay, then, you know, two bucks. Well, I would, for those those things, I leave cash. I'll leave two bucks on the table from me. You know, if other people do, that's up to them. But they're at least getting the bare minimum. Because, you know, I'm sure they're making a minimum wage unless they're uh, like a owner operator or something. So, Vegas buffets. Vegas buffets, that too, because... They're just you know, refilling your drinks. They're refilling your drink, but they are hustling. Well, no, they're not always refilling your drink. They're not a even lot of always times, refilling your drink. They just basically with, seat you. Well, they seat you, but then they'll take your bad plate away when you're getting a new plate. Yeah. So that's a little trickier, but still, I just have to do it. Um, the weird ones, for me... Our pizza places, like, I don't mind tipping, you know, when they get a delivery, but when I go in to pick it up. Right. And even then. Well, yeah, because if they're drill delivering to you, I get that. But yeah, but if I have to pick it up and there's a tip line on the receipt, you're like, seriously? What about a coffee shop or but a I'll ju- do it. I'll get juice my it up or something? Like, you go to a juice bar, you go to a coffee shop, you go to a place that, like, they just take your order. If they have the box on the on the on the counter, and there's some money in it, maybe I'll throw a quarter or something. Yeah, you know, but not everybody gets two bucks, you know. Not you know, I gotta save some of that for the door guy at Seven Eleven. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you know, um, it I, it almost feels like you're guilted into it sometimes. Oh, you, you know? totally are. Sometimes, but sometimes you see like the hardest working people, you know, like 
and and they're not paying. Then there's like the whole Seinfeld thing, like when you put the money in the box and they don't see you. Yeah, <laughs> that happens all the time. Right. And then there's the uh, the guy the guy that I'm still mad at in Palm Springs at the at the Dola place who stole my nickel. <laughs> I put a dollar in his box, and then he kept my nickel. He took the nickel and threw it in the tip jar. Yeah. That's, like, a, that's a legal. Wait a second. Wait a second. That was my change. That Why was did my you do change. that? Yeah, I just gave you a full paper dollar. Right. Yeah, where's my that's a legal guy then? Right, right. <laughs> there we go. Now, those mountains right there look like Arizona. That looks like Arizona. So far, all the other mountains look like the drive to Vegas. Or Chinaman's Hat. Or Chinaman's Hat. Yeah, that's an Arizona mountain. That's all. That's a cowboy mountain. That's a cowboy mountain. That's like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. It's like Devil's Tower-ish. Ish. With the top blown off. Kind of mountain. Yeah. So the guy behind me has been playing um, Kiss My Ass. He wants to come up and kiss my ass. But oh. So I'll change lanes to let him pass, but he won't he just, pass. He'll, he just, he'll just camp out in my blind spot. He just likes hanging out smelling it. Yeah. I don't get that. I don't no. get the drivers that are like, you have all these lanes and shit to go no, around. No, it's wide open from here to Florida, and, then they, and he has to stay behind But us. then they kiss your ass instead. So there we go. Now we're starting to get cacti. Yes. Still looking for the one that looked like uh, twig and berries. You know what I mean by twig and berries? Uh-uh. Oh, the penis shape. <laughs> That's what you're into, man. Well, there's there's the postcard. Uh, Someone's gonna find a postcard. I like the middle finger ones too. There's usually there's the middle finger ones. There's the twig and berries, and then uh, I think that there's one more, right? I feel like there's three of them. You know the urban legend about the cactus, right? No. Oh, you never heard that one? No. I think they even did it like on MTV. MTV like did a urban legend. Did a show about called You Write It. We watch, you know, like you write it, you watch it, something like that. Okay. Where people just started mailing them all these urban legends and then they would like act them out like they would film like little episodes based on the right. urban legend right so there's an urban legend so watch let's, let's let this guy pass okay and let's see if he does oh this time he does he learned his lesson oh, I thought he was going to cap out my blind spot again that was the guy okay later Mr. T oh he's got an Arizona plate too so urban legend cactus right so there's this woman who loves cactuses, like, you know, like... Cacti. Cacti. Succulents. Succulents. Big backyard from the succulents. And, you know, really likes them, but wants a big one. She wants a big cacti. Right. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? If you were the succulent queen, then you deserve... If you're a, a succulent queen, you want the big, you you want want the the big, big cacti. cacti. Right? So, they, like, drive out to the desert... You know, Palm Springs or wherever we are, courtside. <laughs> right. And it's illegal. It's totally against the law. 
but they steal, they dig out a giant cactus. You can't take a cactus? I don't think so. Really? I think it's part of, you know. The... I thought it's just like a weed. I don't think so. I think it's it's I thought it's just like wild wild growth. I don't know. I'm not the debit card fee guy. Okay, alright. <laughs> so learn something new every day. They drive out to the middle of nowhere, they steal a cactus, they dig up they dig up a cactus. I don't know if she's stealing it, according to you. Do cacti have roots? You know what? I don't know. I just assume it looks the same on the top as it does on the bottom. It's just like a straight, you know. They gotta have shaft. roots because they're full of water, they're right? Filled with water, right. So they get the cactus home, they put it in a giant pot, and they put it inside the house. Alright. And then one day she's just hanging out and the cactus jumps. What do you mean it jumps? It like... Like a fish jumping out of an aquarium? Like the whole pot, the whole cactus like leaps in the air, you know, like six inches off the ground. Okay. And she's like, that was weird. This and is then, some kind of fable. You it's said an urban, urban legend. legend. And it does it again. And she's like that. Okay, she's like, I saw that that time. Okay. So then she calls like a nursery in her area. And she's like, look, hey, my husband and I, probably his idea, stole out and went out. We took a cactus from the desert. We put it in my house and now it's jumping. And they go, get out of the house and call 911. And she's like, huh? And I guess she does. And the cactus explodes and it's filled with tarantulas. Shut up. That's the story. Wow. You've never heard that story? Never heard that story. Yeah. I thought we were I thought we were going down the road of a um, like pulling lava from Hawaii kind of story. You oh. take the cactus from the desert and there's all this weird shit starts happening. Yeah. No, you that know. was it. Okay. Cactus filled with spiders. You know, um, Scott Taylor, our friend from Maui, he sells in the Kalama village. That's where his little shop is. Okay. And there's a guy there who sells, uh, what do they call the little trees? Bonsai? Bonsai trees. I was going to say samurai tree. <laughs> Bonsai tree. <laughs> either, <laughs> one, either one is fine with me. People know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> he says that, um, Stuff gets shipped back to that guy all the time. He says that people are like, yeah, ever since I brought this bonsai tree home, it's been nothing but bad luck. You know, oh, wow. please take it back. Yeah. They say that the post office gets shipments all the time of, you know, like lava rock, lava. little things. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just shipped back to the post office. Right. You know? Yeah. I refused to take any lava home with me last time. I found like a neat little piece. And I carried it around while I was over yeah, there for a yeah. couple days, but then I like returned it to the beach. Yeah, no, no. It's funny is that I'm not normally a superstitious. Well, I shouldn't say that because I don't know. You know, like when I hear this stuff, like I, I, you know what I mean. I don't live my life like you know, right. Uh, following superstitions, but if there were a ladder 
blocking the doorway, I would walk around it. I wouldn't walk under it. I would probably fold it up unless someone but you know was what I mean? on it. Yeah, right? I would move it out of my way. But you wouldn't walk under the ladder. I would probably not walk under So when I was in Hawaii, well, the last time I was in Hawaii two months ago, I told Christian, hey, if you see anything that you like, like lava, pieces of lava or whatever, don't take it home. Leave it here. I said, just be safe, right? Even though they say that that particular superstition was made up by uh, like tourists or tourism industry or something right, out to keep there. The, you know, yeah, well, to keep your natural but resources people are from being, They would, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if there wasn't a superstition about that, there would like there'd be no lava left. So we went to one of the black sand beaches and I was wearing reef shoes, you know, to protect my shoe, my, my feet. When I get home and I pull the reef shoes out of the bag, a little bit of the black sand falls out of the reef shoes. You know, like, and then I kind of freaked out a little bit. Thought, yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! <laughs> did I just take? Did I just take something home? Right. Well, I would justify that by saying that sand hitched a ride. Yeah. It, you didn't take it. It took. It came with it. It attached itself to you. Right. And then I would still take it to the beach here and put it in the water. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm not super superstitious. I'll take but that. I, I, there are some things that I, like, if I'm driving in, like, really bad rain, like cats and dogs rain, right. you know, where your, your wipers can't catch up. Right. And you're driving down a hill, like, heading into Ventura. Okay. I've had that happen a couple times. I know that exactly that that drive. Yeah, I get a little more religious as I'm heading down that hill in the rain. Yeah, I can't see. Yeah, but when I once I'm on the ground, I'm like, okay, everything's good. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts about this? This shit has happened to me before, right? So, you know, there there was a little snafu with my account at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, and then it actually got canceled. Right. Okay. I mean, I've I've since reinstated it, and I'm you know, you know I'm going to the gym every day. But there was a time where it got canceled, and I wasn't going because I didn't have a gym membership, and I was kind of pissed off about it. And you know, right. I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to work out at home. Fuck the gym, right? right? And I thought I need to get a bench, and I need to, you know, I have some TRX straps, and I have a few sure. things. That, but I just I at least need to get a weight bench. And two days later, I turned the corner. And you know how people put stuff out on the sidewalk for free? Yeah. There's a weight bench. And it's brand new, right? Well, not brand new because they're getting rid of it, but it was in excellent condition. No rips, no none of that stuff. Right. And it was uh, like, you know, it was strong enough for Olympic weights. Okay. So I throw it in the back of the truck and I take it home, right? And I'm never using it. And I throw it up on, you know, one of these boards Eastvale marketplace right. or whatever where come I just say I come get it and one of my old co-workers sees it and he gets it because he was looking for a weight bench okay right so he comes over and give it to him he lives in Eastvale okay so that was like a year ago fast forward to last week not last week last month I'm watching TV and I'm thinking you know it'd be nice to get like a sound bar for I don't want like a whole home theater sure. I just want one of those Bose sound bars right. I have friends with sound bars and they're, they ain't cheap they're like 300 bucks and the Bose one that's like the starting one's like 295 right 
And I'm thinking like, ah, eh, geez, I don't know if I want to spend the cash, but I really want one. So I start looking. I see other brands like Vizio and all those, a little bit less, but I'm still like, I keep looking. And like two or three days later, I'm at the Goodwill and I'm going through the electronics shelf. And one of the workers walks up, says, excuse me. So I move out of this, move to the side and she puts on the shelf right in front of me a Bose soundbar with the remote and everything, 12 bucks. So I'm thinking, wow, it's like the stuff that I need that I'm asking from the universe. Right. It's like the universe is responding. Oh, you want a weight bench? Well, here. Oh, you want a sound bar? Well, here. You know? Right. What do you think about stuff like that? Like, you know, when you're, you talk about, you, you, uh, let's just say, uh, one more example. I don't have an exact example to give, but you start thinking about somebody you hadn't talked to in a long time, and then a day later they call you. Right. Or they text you or whatever. I, you have no choice but to believe that stuff. Um, you think that's just coincidence? I don't. I, at work, there's certain clients whose jobs have been closed for like months and I just leave everything exactly as it is because I know if I touch it, right. they're going to call in with some new th annoying thing. Right. So I just leave it as is. It's billed, it's gone, whatever. But you know what? This is going to stay here so they never call me again. <laughs> right. And then someone like moves it or bumps it or, at, oh, I haven't heard from them for a while. No. Right, right. Within three hours, here comes an email. Always happens. And um, so, yeah, I believe in that stuff. As far as like the bows and that sort of thing, yeah, that's like a neat thing. Um, the inner, the universe would be a lot nicer if they would give you, if they would upgrade that stuff. A sound bar and a weight bench is great, but how about, you know, um, a free hotel room, you know? Or well, you know, a gold brick. <laughs> I got a free hotel room before. Okay, well, but it, you didn't turn the corner and one was sitting on the street. Well, so it's interesting because that's how I ended up in Maui. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But that's that's just putting out feelers, or they would call it like sending out shifts. Like you okay. knew people that knew people yeah, that yeah. knew what you wanted, and you guys like each other, and it worked out. Yeah, I'm talking about like you know, you walk into a bar you've never been into. Oh, it's happened to us before. And you can't leave because they keep giving you free drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? That, that was, was at, at Johnny, Johnny Saloon. Saloon. Thank so, you, Johnny Saloon. I love Johnny Saloon. You know, like, you know what I like about Johnny Saloon is it's divey, but they still make great craft But it's, it's fun Craft-ish cocktails. It's, it's real. It's, it's clean divey. Clean divey, whiskey bar. Yep. And with decent drink. With a you know, very good drink. There was a day when... Was it the four of us? Was it four yeah, of us? Yeah, that was, it was our it was our That old was our old-fashioned crawl. We couldn't give them money. No. They gave us the first round, and then they gave us uh, another round because the bartender was trying some drink recipe. Right. And he wanted us to give his, give our input, right? Yep. And um, so we're two drinks in, and I think like it's... Well, third round we had to pay for because we, 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 wanted, to give them we wanted to give them something so anyway shout out to Johnny Saloon for that yeah thank you very much you guys thank you Johnny Saloon we love Johnny Saloon and what's cool about Johnny Saloon is they 
are very much a bar that celebrates our veterans. You know, they, they, they have signs to say thank a veteran or on Veterans Day. Veterans, uh, I think that they do like a, the first hour that they're open, they give them uh, some kind of um, buffet. I think they do free pizza or something like oh, that. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. So. Nice. I haven't been there in a while. I'd like to go back. We need to go back soon. Yeah, for sure. I was doing, um, this past Thanksgiving, I was doing a bunch of bourbon and or whiskey cocktails at the Desert Oasis room because I didn't have any lime. And I know that, you know, when you look at these different spirits that we drink, lime goes well with rum, but what goes better with lemon is bourbon. And the reason why I was doing these bourbon drinks is that my sister said, hey, I have a lemon tree full of lemons. Should I bring some? And I said, yes. So she brought a bag full of lemons. And I thought, so let me see what I can mix with these lemons. Mm-hmm. And when I went and looked up recipes, most of them were bourbon based. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, and then I, you know, I, I did have a bit of a selection of bourbon in my bar, but we drank a couple bottles because, you know, with all the family over and we were making, you know, drink after drink after drink for everybody, we cleaned out a couple bottles. Thanks, family. I know, just kind of like, ah, shit, now I gotta restock that. I've got this thing about, like, not, you know, when I was a kid, I was a Boy Scout, and the motto is be prepared. Yes. So I, I don't like having my bar be lacking in something. No, anyone who's been to your bar knows that you're very well prepared. I always want to have, you all, like, you have all your dynasty I've mugs. Got, got my, yeah. <laughs> ready to go, which is fine because they're no, all. Those are my serving mugs. It's, yeah, but as far as, like, as far as like so they guess, you drop it. I don't care. Right, but 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 you do because you're gonna you're gonna replace it. Well, <laughs> you can't. I, I probably would. You but can't have twelve of one kind in only eleven of another. I know it drives me crazy. <laughs> I have these mini snifters that I use for the smaller. So if I did like a daiquiri, okay, right? A daiquiri is typically only maybe four ounces. And you don't normally put ice in a daiquiri, right? You chill the glass. And when I make a daiquiri, I I shake it with ice, but I strain it into the chilled glass without ice because that's how you traditionally serve a daiquiri. And because it doesn't fill a rocks glass, I'll use a mini snifter, just like what they do at Tiki Tea, right? Right. For shots and stuff like that. And I had a half dozen. When I went to the thrift store to, you know, to buy glassware, there was probably like two or three dozen of these mini snifters and I thought, oh wow, I can't, I don't need two dozen right. or three dozen. I thought, I'll just buy a half dozen. So I bought half a dozen. One got broken in the wash and so there's only five. Oh God, man. It's driving me crazy because it's such an odd number, right? And I go back to the thrift store looking for them, looking for they them. They were right and here. I, and I still, yeah, there was three dozen there and I still can't find one that kind of matches right well see that's that's where the universe is going to bite you in the ass because eventually you're going to go online and you're going to pay twelve dollars or or and whatever it is to get just let me finish i'm gonna keep looking right but the day you buy one the next time you go to the thrift store they're going to have three dozen that's again. where it bites you. that's what you're yeah. going to say all right I was going to say, no, it's not going to bite me in the ass because I'm not going to pay $12 to fill the spot. Right. But once the spot is filled, then you're not going to be able to get rid of them. But see, I'm OCD in this way because 
when I did the hot wings challenge, there was six of us. And so every time we made a drink or we had a shot, we would line up six rocks glasses. Okay. And then we did, we, we tried to line up the snifters for the shots, but we had a shot glass on the end because of that sixth one being broken. It was gone. Drove me nuts. Did you take the shot glass? No, Doc took the shot glass. I, I said I would take it as the host, but, you know, he took it. And you can't go to BevMo and they, they don't have the exact ones or Crate Well, I got, I got these mini snifters at a thrift store. I know, but there, there should be, you know, I love glassware. I love all kinds of different glassware. But there should only be, you know, 80 styles. There should be some sort of unification so that when that happens, you can yeah. replace well, that. I, I actually thought, like, should I buy more than a half dozen just in case some break but then I thought right. what am I going to do with all these mini snifters put them in the garage I need, well, you need I, a backup I made that mistake with rocks glasses I have more than I than I will ever okay. need okay you know but rock yeah but that's okay rocks glasses you can use for everything I like drinking soda out of rocks glasses I like I just like having them around right yeah well now, are we in Montana? I know. Well, the cactus is all gone. Yep. It's all in that lady's house filled with spiders. There's a guy that posted on Reddit a little story about... He went climbing into this little cave. And it was one of these caves that's supposedly really spectacular on the inside, but kind of a narrow entrance and you kind of got to squeeze through and once you get through the entrance it opens up really big like a cavern okay and I think it's called Devil's Cavern or something like that um, he was with his wife and they went uh, later on at the end of the day when sun was setting and I don't know why they did it that way but he apparently got wedged in this narrow entrance so he turned on his flashlight to see where he was wedged to see if he could, you know, shimmy his way through. He, he, was, he was taking the lead. His wife was behind him. When he turned his flashlight on, it happened to be aiming upwards. And when he looked up at where it was shining, he says the, the ceiling of this little entrance that he was wedged in were full of spiders. Ah. And so full that the ceiling looked like it was pulsing. Okay. Right? He said he let out a shriek and had his asked his wife, pull me out, pull me out, because he was wedged. She grabbed his ankles and slid him out. And uh, he said he's never going back in there. And the people who responded to this post said, I've been there and I've seen the same thing never again. Ross huh? is calling us. I'm never going there. Yeah. Ross. Hey, man. Sorry, Mr. Call. Oh, it's all good, man. So, um, what are you doing? Just chilling. <laughs> okay, uh, we're probably about uh, 85 miles away. Oh, shit. I thought you said you were just leaving. Uh, we left about an hour ago. When did I text you? Uh, about an hour ago, something like that. Yeah, so let's you're start. only 85 miles away? Uh, that's what the sign says. Oh, okay. Wait, you weren't leaving from home then? Yeah, I was fucking with you. We were fucking with you. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> alright. 
Well, I got my buddy Brian, um, who's kind of come with us, so I told him that we were coming later because he's <laughs> 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 so now he's <laughs> Oh, tell him that we were fucking around. Oh, yeah, I'll tell him. All right. <laughs> so, um, what town did we just pass? It was, I don't know, it said 84 miles. 84 miles. Oh, okay. Shit, so you're close. Uh, I guess so. We're about an hour away because I'm going 85 right now. So, um, uh, I guess we're just going to go and check in and then, you know, we'll, we'll touch base with you. But anyway, you should know that you are being recorded. You're on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks for telling me now. Well, I, I have to tell you, right? So, so that you know. You told me in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, now you know. So, um, All right, cool. So yeah, we looked at your itinerary, and it, it is rather ambitious. A bit. But we're gonna put our big boy pants on and see what, how much of it we can get through, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, there's some must-dos in there, so I think there's some things we definitely didn't need to make sure happen. There's some other stops that you know we're filling it if we if we want to do it, we can. But uh, yeah, it's gonna we're gonna have a good time. So we'll can we talk through. about real quick the stops that we're gonna be hitting? Yeah, yeah, all right. So the first stop that I put on there, I think you and I had talked about going to the mystery room at the Biltmore, but they're not open on Saturday. So there is a place that's somewhat new, trying to have an old-school vibe, called the Womack, and it's not far from where you're staying. So that is our first, first stop, stop. itinerary. Yeah. And, and Womack, is, is that a speakeasy? I don't think it's a speakeasy, <laughs> no. Um, I've never been there, but... From what I understand, I don't think it is, although it's, it's just kind of meant to be in a... I don't know too much about it. I know that they serve classic-style cocktails in a classic environment. That's all I really know about, and I've heard some pretty good things. I know at night they do music and stuff like that, which we're probably going to miss, but I hear the cocktails are pretty good. Okay. And um, I think, what, what is the second stop? Are we fitting something else in between that and Undertow? That depends on how long we stay there. So if, you know, because our undertow reservation is at 7.15. So if we have time, there's another place called the Little Woody, which is kind of a speakeasy. It doesn't have a sign. It just has a little owl to let you know where it's at. Right. It's kind of like a newer upscale dive bar. Uh, we play games and things like that. They have beer and um, uh, and some um, good drinks. And apparently and they are walking distance to undertow. So that depends on that one's not necessarily a must-do, but if we are done at the Walmack and looking for something to do before reservation, we can head over there. Okay. Um, okay, and then after Undertow, Melinda's Alley? Melinda's Alley opens at 9, yes. Our, our reservations run from 7.15 to 8.45, so if we stay there the whole time and we Uber over to Melinda's Alley, we should get there right about the time that they open. Okay, so that could work out real well. And that is a speakeasy, so that's in the back of a hotel, literally in an alley. Okay. Uh, I, I, that place I've been to a few times. It's, it's old school. The drinks are awesome. Uh, they play Motown music in there, which I like. It's kind of just a kickback, loungy kind of an atmosphere. That's real, a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, while we're there, you, I can go on Yelp and put in our name on the list for Bitter and Twisted, which is walking distance from Melinda's Alley, and that's one of the best cocktail bars here in Phoenix. Uh, they also have food there. If we're hungry at that point, we can eat. At that place, and then after that, um, it's kind of up in the air. Up in There's the air. Another... So we're somewhere at around four bars at that point, possibly five. That's probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking yep. though that we should eat beforehand too. So okay. I don't want to be drinking on an empty stomach and then filling in the holes later. You know. 
So you know, I, I definitely think we should probably eat at some point, whether it's before or after Undertow. We need to get some food in. Yeah, yeah. So there's also a place that has good cocktails and food called Clever Koi, which is not far from where we're going to be. So we could maybe hit that before or after Undertow, depending on how we're feeling. Okay. Um, uh, and then, yeah, at the end of the night, it's kind of just where, however we're feeling. I know uh, Boris wants to get over to Bikini, so maybe we could finish up there to, with a beer. There's another um, speakeasy called Valley Bar, which is not far. And then some friends of mine who work over at uh, Blue Hound and the Palomar Hotel have a holiday pop-up bar called Miracle going on right now. Oh, I love Miracle. I, I'm in for oh. that. All right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You just you just said 14 places, so we'll see. Uh, but, you know what? Look. <laughs> I'm I'm in I'm in for whatever wherever the night takes us, and I um I just I, I you know this is gonna be my first time at Undertow, so I, that's really the main thing I want right. to see. I want to do sure. at least two drinks at Undertow. Everyone else is one and done. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right, I might I might even just do plan. just do one at Undertow just so that I can make it to all the other ones. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not answering for you. I'm answering for myself. Okay. <laughs> you no, know, but then the rest of the... He just gave the, me sour face. For the, for the next year, you're going to be like, I can't say because I only had one drink when I was there. Okay. <laughs> Every party has a pooper in the... I'm that's looking why out we for invited you. you. I, I think we're driving to Phoenix to go to Undertow. Yeah. Undertow is the, is the big thing. And Undertow has uh, two sides to their... Um, cocktail menu like a lot of tiki bars do so they have their originals and they have the classics so you should probably try a classic and an original so you're gonna have to do two i like the way ross all right all right i'll do two (laughs) hey and we can let we can let each other taste drinks a little bit too yeah that could work some of the other cocktails that, that they have there okay that could work um hey what's the speed limit here uh where you're at right now if you're on the 10 it's 75 okay okay uh, well, how lenient are they? Can I go up to 85? I usually do 80. 85 would be pushing it, but a lot of people do, so. All right, I'm going to, I'm setting my cruise control because I thought, I you know. I can feel it. I can feel the Should brakes. I slow down? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to get a ticket. You know, the last time I drove through Phoenix, or not through Phoenix, but through Arizona. What's, is this a cop? Where? Oh, yeah. Good thing I'm going 80. I, I slowed down to 80 when, that's a good thing. Um, the last time that I drove through Arizona, I was going to Contiki, and they had these trucks with cameras on them. What? Yeah, it was like a pickup truck, on, and on the back, it had a tripod with like a radar gun and a camera. Like a Google? I've never seen like any Google shit like that in my life. Uh, I don't know, but then like... Um, Dude, I think that was just people watching you. Someone, someone down in Tucson, one of the locals said, "Oh yeah, those are speed traps. Um, you'll probably get a ticket in the mail." What? I, I, I don't know about anything like that. Never heard. Of it. All I'm right. Saying it doesn't exist. But again, I've only been in Phoenix for five and a half, six years now. I've yeah, this was before that. that. I mean, this. Well, so it wasn't the last time that I, because the last time I drove out here wasn't that long ago. But uh, I, that's what I remembered from the drive. Because the last time I came out here, I didn't actually drive. I was a passenger, so I wasn't paying attention. It, it didn't matter, you know. I didn't care. So I seen something like that that would freak me out. Yeah, dude. So I slowed down to eighty, like just before we saw, like twelve feet, right? A trooper. So uh, good thing that I slowed down. So. So when you asked me that question, you 
that was just randomly, and then you saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right after that? Oh, wow. Yeah. See, we were talking about earlier about the universe responding to um, to some of the things that happen in in our lives, and that just saved me because when I looked at my when I looked down, my cruise control was actually set at like eighty seven or eighty eight. It was creeping up to ninety. So I thought, oh, I better slow down, and um, I was gonna drop it down to eighty five, but I dropped it down to eighty, and then like, geez quarter of a mile later there's a cop and I'm glad I said 80 like if I would have said yeah 85 is fine yeah I would have left it at 85 we would be pulled over right now we'd be pulled over right now so I'm set at 80 right now so I'm going to leave it at 80 so yeah you don't blame me yeah 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 uh you're breaking up I'm losing you I'm losing you oh there you are you're back alright so I will send you a text when we're in town and um we'll figure things out from there all right, sounds good. Looking forward to it. See you guys in a bit. All right, yeah, bye. Drive safe, bye. All right, so, um, where were we? Should we keep going, or what do you think? I think we're good. All right, so we'll pick it up tomorrow or later tonight. We'll we'll wrap it up for now. We'll see if we pick up tonight. You'll find out after the break. If we oh wait, this is gonna be on there. Oh, if, let's keep going. Should we keep going? No. <laughs> okay, so then it's not. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, you will know if we are hungover and driving home or if we take you along with us on our bar crawl. Yep. All right, cheers, everyone. We'll be back in a bit. Cheers. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. This episode was brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea. Come get their house specialty, the Raise Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This episode was also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women which leaves your hair looking neat and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at SteadfastPomade.com. Okay, we are back, and we didn't turn the mics on while we were crawling. We are actually on our way home now. All done. All done. But we had an excellent time. We started our crawl at 4 p.m. And we were back at our hotel at 2 a.m. So, 10 hours. And within that 10-hour span, we traversed seven bars and drank at six of them. Because one of them, we just went there to eat. Right, but we had two rounds at one bar. Two rounds at one bar, which was undertow, but we're going to get to that in a minute. Let's start with the first bar we went to. It's called the Womack. Loved it. So this bar had this 70s vibe, would you say? I would say late, like mid-60s. 60s. Up to like 1978 vibe. Okay. Like supper club vibe almost. Supper club vibe. So it had these nice big half-round booths uh, and uh, long bar. And they actually did have uh, some very nice crafted cocktails on there. They had a drink in a tiki mug. They had a drink in a tiki mug. 
What was that called? The Rum Runner or something? It was like a yeah, it was a Rum Runner, but it didn't match. The mug didn't match the menu mug, which is that um, it's a, kind of a Ren Clark's version of a tiki thing. Yeah, which yeah. would have been nice. Um, yeah, it's always nice when the mugs match the menu mugs, but uh, just the fact that they had a mug was cool enough. So I don't remember our bartender's name. He was a cool guy. Very um, cool guy. He took he took great care to make these drinks well and. Like, you know, and what I mean by that is this guy was actually very meticulous about how he assembled our cocktails. So I had a Paloma and it was excellent. It was very well balanced. Um, it had like a Lihingui uh, rim on glass, ah. which was actually a, a very nice compliment to the taste of the, of the cocktail. Uh, there was some mezcal in my Paloma and I like mezcal. I know that not everybody does. Yeah. I heard that the Rum Runner was uh, maybe a little underwhelming. Uh, I didn't have it, but uh, he said he was still happy with it. Yeah, okay, okay. I, maybe he expected something different. Maybe he expected something yeah, different. So uh, that was Odd Rodney, right? Right. Okay, so shout out to Odd Rodney for coming out and joining us. Yep. What did Ross have? Uh... I don't remember. Something simple and clean. Uh, okay. And you had a Harvey Wallbanger. I had a Harvey Wallbanger. Now, I don't drink a lot of Harvey Wallbangers. Me neither. But I don't remember, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember foam or whipped foam being part of that drink. Am I wrong about that? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> That's all I can give you. But the whipped cream or the whipped foam... Whatever was on there helped make it uh, delightfully fun. Okay, that's a nice way of putting that. Yeah. I'm not going to order one today. Yeah. But uh, it's fun to have every once in a while. So this bar reminded me of a bar up in Portland, and the name escapes me, but John Coyle took me there. Had the exact same vibe, the same layout. Cocktails seemed kind of similar. I wonder if this is a... You know, a uh, sister location. Okay. Part of the same group. Maybe. I don't know. Probably is not since it's a different state altogether. Right. And they don't tend to really cross states or leave their particular metropolitan area when they have sister businesses or sister locations, right? Right. So, anyway, so that was stop one. Stop two. Uh, Little Woody's. Little Woody's. I had to remember the name. So, this particular theme, or what we were trying to do, is we were trying to hit speakeasies. And Little Woody's, well, the first stop wasn't a speakeasy. No, but it was cool. But it was it was worth seeing. Yeah. The second spot, Little Woody's, would you call that a speakeasy? No, but it had, like, you, you enter through the back. There was no signage on the building. Right. There was no signage on the building, and you entered through the back. And, and this, this spot was, how would you describe it? It's kind of dive bar-ish. Uh, it was like a, to had, me. A, had a dive bar vibe, but it, it also had a good time as a David Wayne's vibe. Yes. Like the, the house with the game room. Right. You know, right. So it had three big rooms. Yep. The main room, which is the center room where you enter. And I think it was a restaurant too. Yeah. They yeah. had booths there. Yeah. So cool bar there there's a bar in each room uh so that the main room which is the center room 
had a nice bar, uh, you know, booths, a typical, like, you know, uh, what would you call that? Just like a typical, uh, again, I'm going to go back to dive bar, but I wouldn't say that it was a craft cocktail kind of spot, would you say that? No. um... Because we had, well, I can't remember the name now. The Old Codger. Old Codger. Uh, it was basically um, beer in a shot. It was, that's it. There was no basically, it was a beer in a shot. Well, I was trying to remember the name of the beer. Oh, it was old style. Old style. And a old shot style. of some whiskey, you know, like some scary. Yeah. You don't drink when you have more than $4 whiskey. <laughs> so, five bucks for that too, man. Yeah. So, beer in a shot for five bucks. Uh, it was cool. I mean, it, it fit the, the vibe really well. It fit the vibe well, and we didn't need to get heavy down with another cocktail right away after. Um, right, right. We had to pace place. ourselves. So and it's owned by the same group that owns the first place. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay, okay. Good to know. Yep. And they had a, they were all Christmas stout. All Christmas stout. So yes. uh, there were two other rooms, as we mentioned. One room was a game room that uh, had, you know, ski ball and dartboards and that kind of stuff uh that the other room was a billiards room okay okay the pool pool tables right so um and the pool table room had taxidermy in it it was was dark right right? it was darker it was more like the steady yes yes uh and there was a bar there too but that bar wasn't running last night because it just wasn't busy enough but the other game room had a bar running right and uh that was actually more busy than the main room and we, when we got there, the bartenders, um, well, we, you know, as we're walking up the street, there's like eight uh, girls with Santa hats walking down the street. Yeah. I think laughing, two of them. Laughing yeah. and giggling and having a good time. Two of them wish us Merry Christmas. Yes. Um, and then we walked in and they said, you guys are so lucky. You just missed it. And we're like the eight girls walking down the street and they were like, there were like 60, 60 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they must have dispersed. Yeah, and they do it every year. And she says, I don't know if it's the first week of December or the second week. And but they all go there. They all go there on that night and they do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, that, good for them. That, that sounded fun. And hey, you know what? Props to our bartenders because they had still the, a happy, positive demeanor when yes. we walked in right yes like they weren't grumpy and they weren't uh like they weren't beat up or anything you know they, they were, were not they be- were yeah they fresh were and happy very right? delightful delightful happy little woody's bartender so fun spot little woody's uh not too far away from womack right okay. womack yes so that brings us to our third spot so third spot, we got to Undertow, which was the main reason that we drove out to Phoenix. You know, Undertow's been open for a couple of years now, and we know uh, lots of things happening there. Martin Kate was just there recently and did a, was it a pop-up or a book signing? What was he doing I think there? he did some sort of symposium. Okay. So uh, heard nothing but positive things about right. Undertow. Now, it's, it's one thing when your friends go to a place that you haven't been to yet. Yes. But when your friends are going two and three times and you still haven't been there yet, it's yeah. like, I got to get up It's time. Ass. It's time. Yeah. We, needed to, we need to get there and see it for ourselves. Right. And I will say this. I was really impressed. Blown away. So a couple of things that I wanted to share. 
number one, you know, it looks great in photos. It looks ten times better in person. It yeah. does. It's hard to capture the vibe of undertow in a photo. Yes. Because from the entrance of, on, from yeah, the entrance, yeah. like it, it's the whole thing is so. Immersive. Uh, yes. Thank you. There's a lot of things happening. So there's a porthole that plays a movie. And I guess it's, it's a journey or something, right? That lasts a, uh, an hour long. Okay, yeah. Loops. So correct me if I'm wrong about that. But uh, that's what I, I believe Ross was uh, explaining to us. And then you have a menu that's also immersive. That has stories about the cocktails that right. you are drinking. And then there's a soundtrack that's a also soundtrack, which was wonderful part of the experience. And the drinks were excellent. Best drinks I've had all year. Yeah, so, I mean, really, really well done, very well balanced, um, garnished beautifully. Yep, I only had, when we had two rounds there, because that's why we came out here, but I, you know, like, we could have snuck in a third one, but I think it would have, like, caused some problems later on. <laughs> like, I would have fallen asleep on the way out the door. <laughs> And uh, I think that for us, now that it was really crowded, and our bartenders there that night were, they were on it, man. I mean, we didn't have to wait to get our, our next round. No, and the reservation system, the way it worked, and we came downstairs, and we're on the corner of the bar, and our seats are open. Yeah, waiting that for us. That was crazy cool. It was perfect. The, the seats were ready for us at the time of our reservation. Yes. Yeah, we didn't have to check in first and then they prepared our table. Right. So it was, we walked right in and sat down. Um, really neat place. And so shout out to Tiki Diablo for building such a beautiful spot, you know. Yes. The the, uh, the decor is just yeah. awesome. And you know, um, the whole dodo bird thing, you know, that Doug Horn's involved with and um, Thor and even Tiki Tony, really cool like you know it's a different angle but it's it's pretty neat so what was the thing that Ross was saying about they change the um, every year they change the theme of the bar slightly so I think one year was you know like the first year was probably like you know Tiki like here we go Tiki okay second year was probably like an ocean voyage or something okay and now it's Amazon okay so that's why the shrunken heads and um, it seemed a little more uh, foilagey. Okay. Is that a word? Foilagey. Foilagey. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, thumbs up on the foilagey there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, two thumbs up from us. Yep. For the undertow. Yeah, I, I can't say anything negative about it at all. And I, I know we're gushing about it, but it was probably the best experience we had of all the bars that we saw. Well, I mean, it's what we came here for, and. It's so cool when you go for something and it does not disappoint you. Yeah. And like yeah. It's like at the level or exceeds the level that you want it to. Yeah. And it was so painless and so delicious. Yeah. It was just like, oh. Well, yeah. Well, you know? you know, look, it warranted a five-hour drive through the desert. It did. And it makes us want to make that five-hour drive back. Right? So um, yeah. we'll definitely be back to Undertow. Uh, bar number four. You remember where we went? After that, 
That was that the. Was that Melinda's Alley? That was Melinda's Alley. Okay, so Melinda's Alley is a speakeasy underneath a hotel. I don't know the name of the hotel. I don't either. Uh, nice hotel. Unmarked doorway in an alley, hence the name. Yep. And uh, so, you know, you line up outside this doorway and then it opens up at, I think it opened at nine o'clock. At nine, nine-ish. Nine-ish, and you basically uh, walk into a stairwell, which is, you know, like a fire escape. Right. You know, and uh, walk down into the basement, and there's a corridor that's been set up as a little speakeasy bar. Yes. Melinda's Alley. So, two bars there serving cocktails. Uh, again, also crafted cocktails. Very good. Um, what would you call the vibe there? Um, red lights. I, I was uh, almost, very. I, th- I thought it was almost like a twenties vibe, kind like of. Like a like or like you know like a prohibition. I mean, uh, let's just call it like prohibition era. Yeah. Right? Um, but the music they were playing was, I don't know, it's house or techno W hotel music. But it, I didn't mind. I know Ross wanted his Motown. I know Ross likes to, you know. Sip his cocktails with the Marvelettes playing. <laughs> so, so um, I think he got mad. I think at one point he's like, "None of these people know who Smokey Robinson right. is." <laughs> he was he was not happy that they didn't have the Motown playing when we were there. Yep. Tear, uh, tears of a clown, Ross. Right, tears tears of, a clown. of a clown. It was a good visit. Still, I mean, I, like I, I still enjoyed I, myself. You know what was cool? We our reservation. At Undertow was seven fifteen till what eight thirty? Uh, we had ninety minutes. Okay, so but we didn't leave at exact. I mean, like I think we right, had but, until quarter to nine, but we left around eight thirty. Okay, but we were at um, Melinda's Alley at nine. Like, okay, we wasted no time. Like, we were the there. We were there maybe five minutes before the doors opened. Yes. Yeah. So, and fortunately for us, we were first in line. First in line. Yeah, so it uh, worked out real good. Another great experience. Uh, and then from there, I don't remember the name of the bar we went to across the street where we ate. Oh, um, it was uh, Pasty something. So there you go. Um, we This is at the, uh, a point where we've already been at three bars. So we stopped for a food break. And there was a bar upstairs. This was more of a... Um, it was a restaurant bar. Heavy metal vibe, but German pasties. <laughs> yeah, so um, they had a big extensive menu, but uh, I ordered the Royale with cheese. Um, had to. Had to. Yeah, you, you know, I saw it on the menu, man. I, I just couldn't see anything else after that, you know? Everything else was blurred. All I saw in focus was Royale with cheese. Yeah, baby, you dig it the most. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, it was a little salty for me. Okay. Uh, but, you know, but service cool. was good. I mean... Yeah, everything was fine, and we were starving. It wasn't like we had to eat. At that point, we were, like, getting angry mad. We no, but it's, it's, good. it's good that we ate. Because yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was there, and we ate it, and it, it was cool. It's what carried us through the rest of the night. Well, so, we, couldn't have, we couldn't have talked about where else to eat for another seven minutes, because the one place we wanted to go was had, was closed for a private party. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to come back for that one, too. But after we ate, there, it was a nice surprise for me, 
that we got to attend one of the miracle pop-ups. Yes. So we walked into another hotel bar, and I don't remember the name of that bar. Um, I, I'm not remembering the names of any of these bars because I'm a little cloudy this morning. A little bit. The miracle was always good. So for the people that don't know, there are a series of pop-ups by the name of Miracle. Miracle is a pop-up Christmas-themed bar with holiday-themed cocktails served in their own branded holiday-style mugs. There is a barrel, there is a Santa head, and there's a Santa pants. Yes. And then there's also matching glassware. Yeah, glassware with little Santas. They have a, a, a rocks glass or a, a double old fashion, I guess, and a chimney glass, a chimney too. glass too, which everything's cool. Everything's cool. And, then, and Miracle is happening at over 80 bars around the globe that are participating that are they're all crafted cocktails again in the holiday style and these bars are already like you know they're already top-notch craft cocktail bars so right miracle is not just like in any average bar it's it's in a quality craft cocktail style of venue and it was fun right a holiday music holiday decor um matching glassware at all of these locations matching mugs at all of these locations right and then they had like the the big prints of like Clark Griswold and yeah, Elf. the Elf and yeah. uh, Ralphie yeah oh, Christmas story oh, Christmas story so it was neat so I know that there's one happening at the Blind Rabbit right now and this is for the whole month of December yeah for till the 30th uh, and I don't know where the other ones are off the top of my okay, head, but you can, Kempton, you can look it up. There's right. Kempton Huntington Beach, and there's a Kempton downtown LA. And there are those also. Um, I think there's one in San Francisco at PCH. Do we know if they're using the same menu at all of these? They are. Okay. I think they can tweak it slightly. Um, last year in LA, it was at the place called the Walker Inn, which has since wrapped it up. But they also had cookies on the menu. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they were very, very good cookies. So we were a little bit confused this morning, but we figured things out. Jeff Berry is doing a pop-up within the Miracle pop-up. Yes. That he's calling Sippin' Santa. Yes. And this is a pop-up that is happening that's even more exclusive yeah, at, some, at some of these bars. Right. That's at Ladder 229. That's at uh, the Jungle Bird in Jungle Sacramento. Bird, right. Did I say Sacramento? Sacramento. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we're seeing. So <laughs> if you have a chance. Go. To go to Miracle. Ho, ho, go. Yeah, don't miss it. Go, ho, Don't miss ho. it. You guys will enjoy that. <laughs> From there, we went to, we're at stop number one, two, three, four, five. That was stop number five. We had two more stops. No, we, you, you. That was it. We, we we went to Bikini after that. Oh, we did. So you you're skipping the food stop, even though we talked about. Um. Okay. Right. Uh, am I missing something? Okay. Walmack. Walmack. Little Woody. Little Woody. Undertow. Undertow. Uh. The food place. The alley. Oh oh, Melinda's alley. Melinda's alley. Food place. Food place. And. Miracle? Miracle. So that was actually number six. Right. Okay. Miracle's number six. So spot it's number six. It's a miracle. And then spot number seven, 
Bikini. It was the, the Bikini Lounge. The Bikini Lounge has been around for a long time. It's an old dive bar in the uh, pseudo-tiki theme. There's a tiki, big tiki by the door. Right. It's uh, like pre-tiki meets... Yeah, okay, we're tiki. A couple of tiki scattered throughout the place. And uh, some, some some tapo wall art, that kind yep. of stuff. So, yeah, it was a nice way to wrap up the evening. Because it was, it was very casual. Yeah. There was a DJ in there playing some loud music. Very loud. Some loud new wave with uh, some um, people dancing. dancing. But uh, everyone seemed and to be having fun. I wrapped up the night with a PBR on tap. I had the bikini Mai Tai <laughs> against... So, we Everyone's were, better judgment, we, and it was fine. We were there with two locals, and I'd been there before, and Boris had not been there before. So of the four of us, Boris was the only one who hadn't been there. And when we took a photo of all of our drinks, there was one cocktail and three beers. And there was a comment that someone said, all right, who's the one... Who ordered the cocktail? If you've been to Bikini Lounge before, you know, you know never to order the cocktails there. Get a beer. But uh, so the cocktail, yeah, kind of funny. Cocktail was fine. Uh, we've all had worse. Sure. Um, we've all had better, but it was a it was a decent cocktail on a Saturday night. the The whole place kind of reminded me of like the Bamboo Hut in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there were a Bikini Lounge in Southern California. I'd be going there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah. Right? So overall, great night. I mean, a lot of fun. Seven stops within a 10-hour time frame. We had cocktails at every single one, and we didn't get stupid drunk. I mean, it was it was a good time, and of course, we, we Ubered all between the stops. So yeah, our uh, Uber drivers might tell you differently. Yeah, they probably <laughs> might disagree with what I just said, but uh, really good time. Uh, and I think that we we paced it out and uh, mapped it out very well because we weren't driving back and forth. We were basically following somewhat of a straight line. Yes. So that brings us to today. Uh, woke up this morning and made myself a waffle. We're running a little bit slow. Had some orange juice. But I'm feeling a lot better now after we went to Hula's. Yes, Hula's Modern Tiki. So Hula's Modern Tiki. Wonderful. This is their newer location since they moved from the, uh, a, a different spot in Phoenix. Uh, I like the decor there. I do too. Uh, not traditional tiki at all, uh, hence the name Modern Tiki. Very modern. With a couple of, um, you know, there's there's stuff in there from, uh, were those wall plaques from Bosco? I, some of them were, I think. I think there was yeah, some Bosco. There was Bosco in there, and then there was uh, some Tiki Tony Tiki's in there. Tiki Tony, some Doug Horn art, I think. Neat Tiki mug collection at the bar. Yeah, but I was wondering, were the Monk Tiki um, Devil Mugs, were they, like, since they were all red and white, were they, like, seasonal? Like, did they just have those out no, the, well, for Christmas? Well, when I was at the last location, they were there, too. Okay. And when I was at the last location, it was not the holidays. So, okay. Uh, uh, that's a great question, though. Yeah. Because they did put Santa hats on some of the tiki's. You know what they call that mountain? <laughs> Chinaman's hat? Chinaman's hat. <laughs> Is that the same Chinaman's hat we saw on the way out here? I think it might that's be. That's the here. second one, right? I think it's the second one. Because there's two of them. Yes. So, there you go. So, anyway... Um, 
I had the Locomoco, man, that saved me because now I'm, I'm actually feeling, I don't feel hungover anymore. I just feel tired now because I didn't sleep eight hours. I did not sleep eight hours either. Uh, there's a whole story on that. <laughs> yes. So when should, we, should we tell that story? Sure. Okay, so we get back, jump in anytime. Okay. We get back at 2 a.m.-ish and Boris can't get into his room. Um, it's, a, it's a key card. I push it in. The green light, you know, beeps. The light comes on. I try to turn the handle. Nothing happens. So then I went back to the lobby. I said, hey, my uh, key's not working. And she's like, what color is it? And I go, I think it's green. It's the one on the far left. Yeah. It acts like, it acts like it's going to open, and then it doesn't open. And she's like, okay. And she gives me another key. And then uh, I go try it again. And then I knock on your door. Yeah, so me being the alpha in this situation <laughs> felt like I needed to, oh, Boris, your door's just stuck. Yeah, the dad. It's just stuck. Yeah. Just just give it a little push. Yeah. So we lean into the door to give it a little bit uh, firmer push, <laughs> and the whole door jam crumbles on us. <laughs> the whole door jam crumbles on us. And the striking plate that the doorknob latches on yeah falls to the ground Fall, like you know like this is a hotel like, makes a jingly sound as it hits the ground this is a hotel striking plate that's like six inches tall yeah and it falls to the ground and the door jam crumbles crumbles like disintegrates it, it, right it, in front of it, us it's exactly how i'm describing it so security walks up and he's like What's going on here, guys? You know, he probably thinks we're trying to break into this hotel room. He right. asks for our IDs, calls in our IDs. Yeah, we're, we're legit staying here. So he calls, quote-unquote, maintenance. He's like, oh, maintenance, can I have you come to this room, blah, blah, blah. And then he whispers to us, yeah, it's the owner. It's the maintenance owner. is the owner. So he says, uh, yeah, this door jam just crumbled on them. Yep. <laughs> Well, he tried to put it back together a little bit too. He he tried to work it a little, you know, see what was going on. And it was like the the, the gap behind the the plate that you know held the lock in yeah. place. You know, there could have been a speakeasy in there. It was right. so big. Look, this door jam had been repaired before. Oh yeah. You, it was clear that you. you I mean. Oh yeah. And there was tape. Did you see the tape I pointed I out? I didn't see the tape. I pointed it out to the owner because he came uh, and okay. I said, and I I tapped the tape and I said. This has been repaired before. Look at this. Look at the tape, right? And right. It was masking tape. Security was on our side, but here's the crazy thing. So we're staying in a not so posh part of town. Um, it's an airport motel with no airport around it. <laughs> Let's put it this way: there was a lot of activity happening on the grounds at two in the morning. Yeah, it felt like eight thirty at night. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, people out and about that, you know, had, I don't know, looked of questionable character. Questionable character. But hey, maybe I'm just feeling a little... Uh, no, no, there were definitely people that should be in their rooms instead of, like, hanging outside their rooms. Yeah, maybe I'm just a little paranoid uh, because um, all the businesses around this motel were shut down. <laughs> all the parking lots were vacant. And um, I'm in an unfamiliar area, 
that's got, you know... Uh, the door is held together with tape. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of a weird vibe. So anyway, uh, it all worked out, you know, but uh, that was fun. That was fun. So they gave me another room, which the only room they had available was a smoking room. Uh, I didn't know they still had those in the world. They, right. they do. <laughs> Phoenix has smoking rooms. Right, with big ashtrays. Big ashtrays. On and, the table. Uh, you know, I just kind of... I, I, I said I'm probably not going to sleep very well, so sleep, I'm just going to rest. With one eye open. Yeah, I'm going to rest more than sleep. And it, it turned out okay. Yeah, so, but anyway, it was a fun night. You know, it was that was an interesting way to end the night. And now, after leaving Hula's, we are actually headed for the reef. The reef. So this will be stop number nine, since Hula's was stop number eight. Oh, geez, wow. Right? We did yep. seven stops last night, uh, number eight this morning, number nine on the way home. So we're going to be stopping by the reef on the way home. And um, I, I don't think I have the energy to do anything else, but we'll see if we, if we have um, the energy and the time to say hello to our friends at the Tonga Hut, which would make it stop number 10. Man. Okay, that's, wow. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, if there are any stops that you think we should have made in Phoenix, please leave us a comment. Go to the group page inside the Desert Oasis Room on Facebook or comment on our photos on Instagram at Polynesian Pop, at that Boris guy. And, um, you know, if there's something that we should have seen, let us know because we do want to come back. We want to hit the speakeasy at Hula's. Yep. We definitely want to come back for our undertow. Yep. We want to come back for the Bitters Bar yep. and um, some of the other things that were on our list that we just didn't have the time right. to fit in because there are a few other speakeasies that we want to see. No, we'll be back in 2019. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. though. It's already December, so it's not going to happen this month, right. but we'll definitely be back. Um, and if there's anybody that would like to join us on the next one, send us an application uh, or send us a resume. Maybe we'll give it a review. <laughs> And make a decision. <laughs> Let us know what dates you're available, and we'll plan around those. We'll plan accordingly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was fun. So, anything you want to add, Boris? Uh, no, I'm good. Should we call Ross for any input? <laughs> Should we just let him sleep? I think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ross, if you have anything you want to say, write in the comments below. <laughs> but thank no, you, seriously, Ross. thank you, Ross. Ross helped us put this itinerary together, and he did a stand-up thing, and he brought us pizza before we started the crawl. He did, and he, you know, he brought Brian and Rodney into it, and it was yeah, great. Yeah, and yeah, we met, our, we met some new friends there. I, I know Rodney uh, just a little bit from social media, and we've, we've chatted in passing, but it was really great to get some hang time with him. And our new friend, Brian, who just relocated out here from Southern California. Yep. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that we didn't know him when he was in California. Yeah. Because he's a stand-up guy. Yep. And um, he was fun to, to go crawling with. Yes, so, he was. Yeah, yeah. So some good folks out here in Arizona. If we missed you this time around, we'll try and catch up with you next time. So um, I guess that's it. Okay. Any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out for any of the bars or any of the people that 
were with us or anything at all, you go to the group page inside the Desert Oasis Room, follow us on Instagram at Polynesian Pop, at that Boris guy, and we are out. Out. See you next time. Bye. Bye.